Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. So I don't know if you realize it, but that commercial aired 30 years ago. And the whole theme of it was to just do it. And the uh, company Nike um, was in a slump economically because there was a new shoe company that came on the scene named Reebok. And Reebok had uh, came out with these aerobic shoes because aerobicize was a big thing 30 years ago. And so they were taking a lot of their profit margins from them. And so um, Nike took a look at what they were doing and they realized that their whole marketing campaign was geared towards top tier athletes. They paid athletes a lot of money to wear their shoes, hoping that there would be people that liked those athletes and would buy those shoes. Well, what they, they stumbled upon something that was incredible, and that was this. They believed that everybody has a body, and therefore everybody has the potential to be an athlete. And so what they did was they came up with this campaign of just do it. doesn't matter who you are, 80 years old, doesn't matter. You can do it if you want to. And so what happened was over the next couple of years, their profit margin grew by a thousand percent. I don't know if you realize that, but that's a lot. Well, if you would, open up your Bibles to the uh, book of James and, and put a marker there in chapter one and then turn over with me to First Timothy in the fourth chapter. And let me read this to you. And it says, if you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ, nourished by the words of the faith and good teaching that you have followed. Now, um, it's probably a good thing if the Bible tells us that if you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, it's a good thing. All right? I'm going I'm to stay with that. And so what is the good thing that we should be teaching or we should be pointing out? And it's that it's this. But have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths. Rather, train yourself in godliness. For the training of the body has limited benefit, but godliness is beneficial in every way. Now, a lot of times we read that verse and, and what do we tell ourselves? Ah, see, it's in the Bible. I, I shouldn't go to the gym. It's in the Bible. I don't have to take care of myself. Um, but that's not really what the Bible's pointing out. It's not pointing out the fact that we shouldn't take care of our bodies. What it's pointing out is that godliness, taking care of ourselves spiritually or spiritually exercising is profitable for all. It's good for while we're here on the earth, and it's good for one day when we leave this earth. You know, um, this is my first Sunday back without Miss Mona sitting in that back row. You know what? Uh, I think she's doing all right today. It's hard for us. But see, she's exercised herself spiritually for many, many years. And today she is benefiting from that exercise that she had accomplished. 
And so what I want to do is I want to share with you four spiritual exercises I believe we as Christians should practice on a regular basis. And these four are very simple. The first one is to confess it. The second one is to read it. The third one is to ask it. And then the fourth one is to live it. Now, um, when I, we say the word confess it, sometimes uh, we get our own definition of what confess it means. The Bible tells us that to confess it simply means this, to declare. For us to declare it. And it gives us a couple of, of verses. Proverbs twenty eight thirteen tells us that the one who does what? Conceals his sins will not prosper. But whoever does what? Confesses and renounces them will find mercy. And so when it comes to confessing, it's very simple. We just need to declare it. A lot of times, though, that we hold that in, we don't want to confess our sins, thinking that nobody else knows, but i got a secret for you. That God already knows. You're not surprising God when you confess to him that you've done something wrong. Now, it may be a surprise to you that that's not what's happening, but you're not surprising God when you confess your sins to him. See, he sent his son down to earth to die on the cross so that it would pay for our sins. And all we have to do is confess and believe. If we have the ability to believe that Jesus Christ was the son of God, came and lived a perfect life, died on the cross and rose again, we have the ability to one day, just like Miss Mona, enjoy heaven. But we have to be willing to confess it. And not just confess it for salvation, but to confess it on a regular basis. And, and here's why I tell you. 1 John 1, 9 tells us this, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if we don't do our part, see, God's already done it. It's completed. The work on the cross is finished. Now it's up to us. And the question is, are we willing to do what the Bible says? And one thing you need to understand is there's two words that I want to share with you when it comes to confessing. And that is shedding and sprinkling. Shedding in, in uh, the book of Hebrews chapter 9 in the 22nd verse I'm going to read says this. According to the law, almost everything is purified with blood. Now, if you're not familiar with the Old Testament, the, the Israelites were told to um, take an animal without any blemish and to offer it as a sacrifice. And what would happen is that that animal being offered as a sacrifice represented that one day the Messiah... One day the Christ would come to earth, would live the perfect life, would be the sacrifice without blemish. And he would pay the ultimate price. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. See, if Jesus Christ hadn't come to the earth, hadn't offered his life, there would be no forgiveness for our sins. But see, he made a way. And the other word is sprinkling. Next chapter in Hebrews 10 says this. Since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and unto the bodies washed 
uh, and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. You see, um, we have to come to a point where we accept the work that Jesus did on the cross. That shedding gets applied to our account, and God sees us as righteous. But what happens is we're humans. And I don't know if you realize this, but as humans, even after we come to a, a saving knowledge, we still sin. We fall short. And so what happened with the nation of Israel is once a year, the high priest would go into what was called the Holy of Holies. And he would take this one sacrifice and he would sprinkle it on the altar in there. And the whole point of that was to remind the people continually about their sin. And that one day the perfect sacrifice would be made. Well, the perfect sacrifice has been made. That is post tense for us. Now it's time for us, as we sin, we confess that sin once more. It doesn't resave us, but what it does do is allows our conscience to be washed. Because here's what I know that when we don't confess, we have a guilty conscience. And usually, when we have a guilty conscience, we don't serve the Lord. We probably avoid coming to church. I've heard many people say that it's, I'm afraid to go into the church because if I did, the roof would collapse. Look, the roof is not going to collapse. Why? Because Jesus Christ paid the sacrifice for us. And so you can have a clear conscience, but the only way that you can get a clear conscience is to declare your sin before God. See, a lot of us have the misconception that we got to fix it, that we got to clean it, that we got to do it ourselves. And after we do it ourselves, then we come to church. But Jesus said this. He said that the hospital was for who? The sick. That's who needs to come to the hospital. Well, guess what the church is for? The church is for those that are unsaved. That's who we need to try to bring here. Why? Because of the work that Jesus did on the cross. Well, not only will your conscience be cleared based off of what we've read in Hebrews, but we're more likely to witness. This is a study that Barna did. Christians who regularly confess their sins are more likely to tell their friends about their relationship with the Lord. Because here's probably what you think to yourself is that your friends know that you're not perfect. And guess what? You're right. They know it. You, the, the pastors on staff here at the church, guess what? We're not perfect. The folks that you see up here singing each week, guess what? Believe it or not, they're not perfect. But what they do have the opportunity is, is to confess their sins and to be seen as righteous in God's eyes. And here's the last thing I would tell you is this, that if we'll confess our sins, we are much more likely to do the other itch. Remember I said confess it, I said to read it, I said to ask it and to live it. And a lot of times, because we won't confess it, we don't open up our Bibles. And when we don't open our Bibles, they look like this picture here. You'll see a Bible with just a little bit of dust on it. Now, I doubt that anyone in here has a Bible that has that much dust that says, read me. 
But you know what? I believe that it probably should. If you really thought about it, when was the last time that you got into the Word of God? And if you didn't have a duster, if you didn't have it stacked underneath other things, it could look just like this picture. So why would God want us to read the, the Scripture? Well, I'll tell you why. Or I'll tell you why we don't do it. It's the first reason is I think a lot of us feel that we're too busy. You know, it is 2018, and there is a lot of things going on. There are a lot of things that can keep you busy throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout this summer. I mean, there's a couple lakes here. There are a lot of things that can keep us too busy to read the Word of God. But I can tell you this, that we should never, ever get to the point where we're too busy. You know, another reason I think that we forget to pick up the Bible and to open it up and to to see what God's Word says is that we struggle to understand what it means. We read some of the verses and we're like, uh, I don't get that. And, And it's okay because the Bible tells us to study to show yourself approved. And so if you don't understand, study it and find out. Why? You know, one of the things that uh, you hear a lot about is talks about different versions. And everybody has their opinion on the different versions of the Bible. And, and you know, a long time ago, I kind of gave that argument up. And here's why. Because I believe that. And, and, and so different arguments are this. One is that we need a newer translation because it's easier to read. I'll take that. But what I would tell you is, I don't care if you read an older version, a newer version. If you don't understand it, what should you do? Study it. That's what we need to be doing. And the a third reason I believe that we don't pick up the Bible and we don't read it is because we don't understand its power. We have no clue that the power of God's script, because if we did, we wouldn't le- let it leave our hands. We, we would do as David said, and we would meditate on it day and night. But the reality is our actions tell us that we don't believe that it has the power. Years ago, there was a um, TV show called Highlander, and uh, Highlander was a fantasy. It wasn't real, okay? I don't believe any of this was true, but the concept was that there were immortals, the, the people that could live forever, and there was a, a certain number of them on the earth, and um, basically the theme of it was there can be only one. And so anytime these immortals would encounter each other, uh, if they didn't create a friendship, they, they were enemies, And then one would try to kill the other. And when they would kill the other one, they would chop their head off. I know this is probably not the right thing to talk about in church, but they would chop the head off. And when they chopped the head off, this amazing thing called a quickening happened. And what that quickening was, that it was taking the power out of this one immortal and giving it to the winner of that fight. Well, you know, that's a fantasy. Here's what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 is this. For the word of God is living. Some of your um, translations will tell you, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any double-edged sword. And listen to this. Penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit. You want to know why you struggle as a Christian? 
It's because you have a soul that has been redeemed. You have a soul that because of what God did on the cross is now righteous. But you have a spirit that contradicts that. You have a spirit. And so the word of God pierces and it shows you the difference between what your soul is telling you and what your spirit is telling you. Because one of them is wrong. One of them is that human nature that wants to excuse and make a rationalization. Matter of fact, um, that's what it says here. It's able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Because too often, our spirit rationalizes and justifies why we don't need to take action in our faith. It tells us that we don't need to confess our sins. We've done that. It's all over. And yet we live in guilt. You know, what's funny is that a lot of times we'll say to ourselves that God is silent. But here's what I would tell you is don't ever say that God is silent as long as you keep your Bible closed. Because if you want to hear from God, it's in the word. Psalm 119, and a couple of verses I want to share with you. Verse 11 says this, I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. In verse 18, it says, Open my eyes so that I may contemplate wonderful things from your instruction. And then in verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Here recently, we were looking for a a home in the area, and uh, me and a friend were going through it, and I had my iPhone out, and I had turned on the little flashlight feature, and my buddy, he had a flashlight that that, that wasn't operating very well, and so we're trying to see some of the of this room that was kind of dark and then somebody I won't say her name Carrie uh, came in and flipped the light switch you know and many times we're just like that with God's word God's word is a lamp into our feet it's a light for us but we never open it up we never use it and we wonder why life is tough we wonder why things aren't working out the way that we want them to And here's what I would tell you. The reason why is we just don't read it. And remember this. It's good to know that we're supposed to read the Bible, but it's better to do it. It's better to read the Bible. Well, talked about that we need to confess it. Talked about that we need to read it. We also need to just ask it. You see, prayer is like spiritual breathing. And and I don't know if you realize this, but you can go... Almost a month, maybe longer than that, without eating food. Now, obviously, I haven't, all right? But you could. That's what I've been told. And you can go days without drinking water. But you can only go minutes without breathing. But the reality is this. Many of us spiritually have been holding our breath for a long time. And we wonder why our spiritual life is where it's at. And the biggest mistake when it comes to asking is to ask. Psalm 120 verse 1 says this, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he did what? He answered. In my distress, I called, and he answered. And in in James chapter 4 verse 2, it says, You do not have because you do not what? Folks, it's very easy. Just ask it. 
But see, the problem is we don't take care of the first one and confess it, and we have a guilty conscience, and so uh, we don't open up our Bibles, and so we don't hear from God, and we end up not asking God. Have you ever been in a, a conversation where um, you just ran out of things to say? And you're trying to exit from the conversation, but you don't know how to do that? And it's kind of awkward? Well, most of our prayer lives are just like that with God. We don't know what to say. And it gets awkward. But see, here, the, the Bible has an answer for that in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 says this, In the same way the Spirit also joins to help our weakness, because we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. Folks, um, this happened to me recently. I, I was praying over something, and I, I was asking God uh, for help in this area, and, and I was struggling with it. I, I was saying that, but I wasn't following through on the actions. And so I remember there was a, a story in the Bible where this person approached Jesus, and Jesus said, go, your, your, your child's healed. And they said, help my unbelief. And so many times you don't know what to pray or how to pray, but just start praying and let the Holy Spirit work in your life. A lot of times we don't know when to pray. Well, there's an app for or there's a Bible verse for that. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this, Rejoice always, pray how often? Constantly. Give thanks in what? For this is, have you ever wondered what God's will for your life is? I'm about to share it to you. Right here, 1 Thessalonians. But see, we don't understand what praying constantly looks like. We're happy to get 90 seconds in a day. And the Bible tells us to be constantly in a state of prayer. You know, your father wants to hear from you. How many parents are in the room? Raise your hand. Isn't it nice when the kids reach out and talk to you? And not just text? But they actually call with that telephone? Don't, don't that feel good when they call you? You don't have to call them? How much more does our Heavenly Father appreciate it when we reach out to Him? I think He does. I think that's what He wants from us. But a lot of times, you know what? We're just afraid to pray. We're afraid to ask God. We think that we don't deserve, we don't uh, warrant having our prayers answered. But here's what Matthew 17, 20 says. Because of your little faith, he told them, for I assure you, this is Jesus talking, I assure you that if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you will tell this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible to you. But many of us in this room refuse to believe the words of Jesus. We refuse to believe that we can ask something great of God and he'll deliver. Because here's the problem. You think that you have to have a certain amount of faith. The Bible says, Jesus said, that if you have the faith of a grain of mustard seed. Now, I'm not a great gardener, but I've seen these things. And you need to see a lot of them to see one. And so what I'm telling you is, even when you can't see your faith, Jesus says, that's all you need. Because it's not your faith that does the work. Guess who does the work? God. He does. But we've just got to believe. You know, I'm bold enough to ask God to give us Centralia. I'm bold enough to believe that God will use Temple Baptist Church to take 
Centralia and turn it upside down. Why? Because it's not how much I believe, it's that I believe in the creator of the universe. It's I believe in the father who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. It's I believe in the very God who sent his son to die on the cross for Centralia and everybody that drives by it. But the problem is we have to ask. And remember, it's good to know that we need to ask, but it's better to ask. And the last point is this, that we need to just live it. We, we need to live out what God has put on our heart. And let me ask you this. Are you living for Christ or are you building a testimony? Because many of us are not living for Christ and we're out there doing things that we shouldn't be doing. And one day you're probably going to be up here on this stage sharing the testimony of how bad life got for you. Of how horrible you have been as a human being. And God forgave you. So, so let's just cut to the chase. Don't wander out there for more months, for weeks, for days. Choose now to start living for Christ. You know, it's interesting. When we say to uh, just live it, I think of two words, desire and deciding. Now, folks, most of us get these mixed up. And I realize that there's only two letters difference between those two words. But a lot of us say decide when we mean desire. And if you look at the words and you break them down, desire means down from the stars. When we desire something that's far off and we want that, think about it in your Christian walk. There are a lot of things that you desire. You desire that God would move a mountain that you prayed for. You desire that God would speak to you verbally. I, trust me, I've wished some days that I would wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning at the foot of the bed as Jesus Christ, and he says, this is what I want you to do, Ronnie. Oh, if he would just do that. But he did better than that. He wrote a book. And many times I forget to pick it up, open it up, and hear what he's saying. And I wonder, where are you, God? But see, decide means to cut off, to cut down. Recently, I went and saw the doctor, and I don't want to gross you out, but I, but I had a growth on my shoulder here. I've had it for many years, lots of years. And it, it's bothered me. And so I had gone in for this um, checkup. And so the doctor saw this, and she said, uh, would you like that removed? See, I had desired for many years for it to be gone. But guess where it was still at? Right there on my shoulder. And so one day, she decided that it was going to be gone. And so I laid down. Next thing I know, it's numbed up. Next thing I know, I smell a weird smell because she was cauterizing some stuff. See, I... I I changed from desiring to deciding. And I'm going to be honest with you. After she numbed it up and walked out of the room, guess what I thought about doing? Leaving. Because I hadn't decided. I just desired. And so many times we as Christians, we desire that God would be in our life on a daily basis. But yet we never decide to do. We, decide, we never decide to confess. We never decide. We desire 
to read God's word, but we don't decide to do it and do it. We desire that we would ask and God would answer, but we don't do it. If you look in your bulletins, as a note taker, we put a card in here for you. And I give this to you as a tool to remind you. See, I don't care if you go to the gym every day. I don't care if you uh, do any kind of workout. I think it's good for you, and I think we should do that. But what I do care about is what 1 Timothy 4 said, and that is that godliness, spiritual exercise is good and profitable for everything. And here's what I'm telling you is that these four things are profitable for you. And the more that you do them, the more profit you will receive. Now, many of you are probably asking, you know what, or saying to yourselves, but, you know, it's just a little sin. Just confess it. You don't understand, Ronnie. It's not just a little sin. You don't understand what I've been doing at 2 o'clock in the morning. Just confess it. You don't understand what I said to her. Just confess it. You don't understand it's been 10 years since I've done anything like that. You really need to confess it. You ask the question, should I read a whole book, a chapter, or a verse? Just read it. You say, but you know what? I started off on that, read the Bible in a year, and I didn't make it past January. Just start reading it again. You say that um, I don't understand sometimes what God's saying in the scripture. Just read it. Or maybe you say, I've asked many times for God to answer a certain prayer, and he didn't answer it. Just ask it. Because how often does it want us to ask constantly? I I could take you and teach you how that there's a word that when Jesus taught his disciples, he talked about being persistent. Not giving up. Because, folks, it's not a question of whether God can answer it or not. I believe that God is more waiting on our heart to change. He can give us that. Many times I remember our boys as, as they were growing up. They would, um, I could just see them. I'd be sitting in the, the living room, and I could see them passing by in the hallway. And after about the third or fourth time, I knew something was up. And they were dying to come in and ask me a question. And then they wouldn't. Older brother would send the younger brother in. And almost exclusively when they asked the question, guess what they usually were told? Yes. And I'm telling you that our Heavenly Father is not much different than that. He's a Father that cares infinitely more than I can for my sons. And all He wants you to do is approach Him and ask. He'll take care of all the other stuff. But he wants you to ask it. He wants you to live it. You know, um, how many times have we come to church, have, have we had the Holy Spirit speak to us, and yet we didn't take action on what the Holy Spirit spoke to us? It didn't make it past the Golden Corral. We forgot what the Holy Spirit was saying to us. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes. And let me ask you this question. How has your spiritual exercise life been? What do you need to add to your spiritual exercise regimen? Do you need to confess? 
Do you need to accept that the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ that washes away all sin, that has not happened in your life, and today is a great day to make that confession, to accept that payment that Jesus Christ paid for us? Or have you been a Christian for a long time and you need a new sprinkling of God's mercy? It comes with confession, not just hearing. Remember, it's a good thing to know it. It's a better thing to do it. If that's you today and confession is something that you need to, if you'll, I'd like to pray for you. If you just raise your hand and allow me to pray for you very quickly. Dear Heavenly Father, you see the hands, and I just ask that, Lord, you would let your word be true. And, and God, as they come to you now in, in, in confession to you, that you would provide that forgiveness that you've promised to all of us. Maybe you come here today and you struggle reading the Bible. You know you're supposed to read it. You know that it is something that should be happening, but yet you forget to open up the Bible. All of a sudden it's Thursday and now you have a guilty conscience and you don't want to do it again until Sunday you're reminded one more time. If you haven't heard from God lately, I'd encourage you to open up the scripture. If that's you and you haven't heard from God, I'd like to pray for you. And you've struggled reading the Bible. If you'll just raise your hand very quickly, I'll... Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you've seen the hands. Lord, you, more importantly, you see their hearts. God, I just pray that you would make yourself real to them as they, this week they open up the scripture. They dig in. They study. Bless them, Lord. Maybe your spiritual exercise regimen is missing the whole prayer, asking God. If that's you, would you allow me to pray for you right now? Just raise your hand very quickly and allow me to, to, to pray a blessing on you. Lord, you see these hands. God, and again, more importantly, you see the hearts. And God, I just pray that you would show yourself in a very real way to them. Allow them to see God, the creator of the universe, that is waiting to show himself strong on their behalf. God, I pray that you would give them the courage to, be, to realize that they have the faith. And the faith is in who it is that is more important than how much it is. And I'll leave you with this verse here. Romans 10, 9 says this. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight. 